I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. The Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the KSL Greenhouse Show. Sitting in for Maria Chaleos, I'm Dave Meekham. It's been a lot of fun to be here with you, Tom. we got 30 more minutes to have some more fun. And we're yeah. going to get to talk to some people here. And Craig has been waiting patiently in West Jordan. Craig, you've got a question about your Concord grapes. I do. Thank you. Um, I, I have Concord grapes and I have another just a green. I don't remember the exact kind. Probably Hemrod or Interlochen. Right. Um and my green grape looks very well. It's very green. The leaves are very green. My Concord grapes, I actually have two or three vines, and they're in different spots, but they have similar things. Most of the leaves are kind of going yellowish with green veins in them. And where the two of them are next, you know, right door or next to each other, I'm not sure why the Concord grapes would kind of be going yellowish. The leaves are that That particular variety is a little bit more susceptible to a condition called iron chlorosis. And they lack the ability sometimes to get enough iron out of the, excuse me, hiccups out of the soil. And so I see it a little bit more often in Concord than some other varieties. What I would do is just make sure that you're deep watering those grapes once a week or, you know, maybe every five days are they on lawn sprinklers or how are you watering them i just a deep soaking with a hose okay make sure you know you might even get some soaker hose from a local garden center and run one on each side and make sure that water penetrates a good foot to 18 inches and then turn it off for the week and do it again so you are deep watering them and that will help but you may need to get, well, you'll probably need to get some what's called chelated iron. And the brand we usually recommend is Miller Ferra Plus, F-E-R-I-P-L-U-S. And drench, mix it up in a bucket and drench the grapes and then water them. But what I'll have you do is email my coworker named Michael Karen. He's our state grape specialist. And he does, in the past, he has a lot of research grapes that he has watered once a week, you know, putting a little bit of iron into the soil. But his, do you have a pen and paper handy or something to write with? I do. Okay, Michael, just how you'd spell it, M-I-C-H-A-E-L dot Karen, and it's C-A-R-O-N. C-A-R-O-N? Yeah, at U-S-U. Edu, And he's the state grape specialist and maybe send some pictures to him just to confirm and just ask what his recommendations would be for iron and other micros so that you can maybe bring them out of it and prevent it in the future. Okay. I, if I can, a quick question on sure. the apricot tree. I have. It's done very well. It's uh, gotten some good fruit on it. But I have one branch at the bottom of the tree about two inches in diameter, and it's just slowly dried up and kind of died. 
you know, I had fruit on it and everything to begin with, and then it slowly just died. The rest of the tree is doing very well. Prune that branch it, out. Okay. If it's not a very major one for the tree, just in case there's a disease in there so it doesn't spread. Um, okay. Look for gumming on the tree. There's a disease called Cytospora that will cause gumming and branch decline. There's a few other things that can do it. Look for borer holes. Uh, there's a few different borers besides greater peach tree borer that could get into there. But look at the branch and see if you see any gumming or holes in it or anything. But yeah, if it's not going to majorly impact the total canopy, I just prune it out. Okay. All right, thank you. All right, good luck with Craig. We've got um, all the lines open now, so we've only got 15 minutes 15 with commercials. Minutes, yeah, with left. So if uh, you've got a question, now is the time to do it. KSL Talk. We've got a text here, though, Ton, asking, is it too late to use a weed and feed? It is. It's the dicamba and 2,4-D and the weed and feed will volatilize and damage other landscape plants. So if you have to do something, image all-in-one lawn weed killer or another product only containing quinclorac is your option for midsummer. Yeah. Is that always the ingredient that's in a weed and feed? Uh, 2,4-D almost always and dicamba almost always. So that's pretty standard. So not to fertilizing is okay. It's the weeding part. It's of the it weed you, part yeah. that I wouldn't do. And if they need to put down a fertilizer, I'd actually do it at a half rate and put the other half down in six weeks. Yeah, I and and I don't know. Is, is fertilizing this time of year a good idea? You know, if you haven't fertilized the entire year, it's okay. But do the half rate because the grass is growing a lot more slowly. And doesn't need as much fertilizer and just save it for, you know, mid-September, early September and do the other half then. Yeah, my philosophy on fertilizing my, my yard has always been as long as it's green, I don't need to make it grow more. No. Because that just means I'm mowing more. I've noticed mine is getting a little lighter green than it usually is, and, and it's well yeah. watered. And that's when I know it's time for right. some nitrogen because nitrogen is part of the photosynthesis process. And so I will go in and put down an application, and I'm usually good until the next year because I mulch the clippings back in. Uh, USU recommends you can for spring and fall for most lawns are fine, but... I can keep my lawn pretty green with once a year. Generally, I find that I will at some point in July, so sometime this month, I'll do a light fertilization. The one that I always said, the one that's critical is that one in the fall, whether it's yes. you know late September, October, somewhere around in there. And that one I will do religiously. That one always happens. But that's about all I do. Yeah. Well, fertilizer has been really expensive this year. And I think people are dialing back a little bit. But one thing that I do like to do is go into the box stores in late October to early November because whatever fertilizer is left over is usually anywhere from 30 to 70% off. And I try to buy enough of it that I have it for two or three years before I have to buy it again. As long as you keep it dry, it'll last just fine. Okay. Well, there you go. Let's take a break now. And when we come back, we're going to chat uh, with Dave and help him with this question, calling in from Payson. And we'll do that on the other side of this break on KSL News Radio. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. 
Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the Greenhouse Show on KSL News Radio. Tom, we've had a few people call in. Let's hurry and see if we can help them all out before we get to the end of the show. And first up is Dave and Payson. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. My question is, I have a, um, in my backyard, I have a lawn that is exposed to the sun, about half of it, and the other half is um, very shaded. I'm having an issue with uh, the grass growing in both in both areas, I, about a month ago, I aerated and then hand-raked it to thatch it, um, and I, then I re I reseeded. So I put the seed down, and then I put peat moss over the top of that, and I'm I'm not getting a lot of growth yet. I'm wondering, should I be patient? Did I do it wrong? What? what How I many do? days ago did you seed it? It's been about three weeks that I okay. And then how often are you watering it? In those areas, I'm watering it every, every day for probably uh, 20, to, 20 minutes to an, to an hour on my... Are you on a sprinkler so, clock? I am. Okay, so what I would do is use all your sprinkler programs and water that area for three or four minutes several times a day. And you may oh, need to put okay. more seed down because it may have tried to germinate and then dried out. But you need to spritz it several times a day during the summer with that peat moss cover because it cannot dry out. Now, that bluegrass can take two to three weeks to germinate. And so you could get some up, but you want to, until it's mostly germinated, spritz it several times a day. Okay. And you okay. want to keep it moist, but not muddy wet. Okay. All right. I'll do that. I didn't, I didn't know if I putting the peat moss down, if I had covered the, you know, the ability no. to grow. No. If you only did like okay. a quarter to a third of an inch, the grass seed would come right up through it. And I wouldn't try to rake the grass seed into the soil. Yeah. Okay. So one kind uh, of grass, if you have to redo this, maybe consider... A grass mix from Central Utah Water Conservancy District. You'd have to call them and talk to Casey. But okay. they have drought-hardy grass that's mostly fescue. And the fescues will tolerate both sun and shade. And okay. they look like bluegrass. Okay. All okay, right. Dave. Great. Thank you very much. Good luck with that. Okay, let's move on here. Jerry is calling in from Daybreak. Good morning, Jerry. You've got a, a tree question. I do. I have a London plane in the drive strip, and I have a London plane on each side of it. Uh, the one in the middle, it has two branches out of the 15 branches that have leaves on it, but the rest don't have anything. Last year when I planted it, it was beautiful all through spring, summer, fall, and then after this winter, it's just not doing good. Okay, the were other those, two are doing great. Yeah. Were those specced by the HOA to put in? Yes. Okay, and how wide is the park strip? Um, four feet, five feet by maybe twenty. Okay, I I would rather have seen them put in an eight foot at oh. least 
because those London planes will eventually get 50 to 60 feet tall and heave the sidewalks. Um, mm-hmm. But it is what it is. And if HOA says do it, you've got to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the sycamores or London plane trees are a little harder to get established. And to have two out of th- the two of the three go, that's about the average that I see. And so you could, if you only have one or two branches, try to train that tree to grow into a tree again or replace it. But if it hasn't leafed out by now, it probably won't. That's so weird that two branches are great and the rest just don't. Yeah, you see that fairly commonly with London plane tree. Really? Yeah, and you don't want like this 90 degree angle in the tree, but if you have one of the branches that has a leaf or a leaf that's trying to grow into a branch near the trunk, you could try to train that into a new trunk for the tree and then try to keep those other branches in check until it redevelops. That's mm-hmm. something you could do, or you could try to replace it. Yeah, this this one, both two of the three, actually, actually, that's not true. All three of them are actually replacements because okay. the original ones that the HOA planted, they all died. Yeah. And so we replaced all three of these, and two yeah. are doing great, and this one's not. The sycamores and, are fairly tolerant of different of hard soils like you have out there, but we're kind of running up against the break. So we're going to have to move on if that's okay. Yes, of course. Good luck, Jerry. Appreciate your call. Uh, Ton, we probably don't have enough time to take another call, but maybe we can address um, some of these questions that I can see on the, on that they're calling in black medic. I'm assuming we're, we're asking how to get rid of that. I socks have been in the spring that pre-emergent, is going to be a lot better for black medic than the ones we use for crabgrass. So I would apply even now, if you can go to IFA or Regan's or your local farm or garden center and find a pre-emergent with isoxibin, I would just put it down. Okay. And there's a question here about a Zelkova tree uh, with bark splitting. Any ideas on that? If it's the south side, it's the Zelkovas have thin bark, and I recommend wrapping them with tree wrap until they get the corky bark on them. So I would just, this is just me taking the best guess this November, get some tree wrap from a local garden center or farm store, the white tree tape and wrap the trunk up and take it off in April. Okay. Let's try and do one more call. We can squeeze one more here. And John is calling in from Harriman. John, we got about a minute. Okay. Thank you. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. Go ahead. Um, I have three uh, large blue spruce pine trees in my front yard. They're about 30 feet tall. The two on the outsides are doing great, but the one in the middle, the blue, is um, dying in the middle of the tree. The outside is still growing, but it's slowly dying from the inside out. Any ideas? There could be a number of things going on, too much water or not enough water, so you need to check its irrigation is one thing. And then another disease, there's a disease called needle cast that you can look up that are common in spruce to make sure that that isn't it. All right, John, hopefully that helps you out. That's about all the time we have. 
Ton, it's been fun to hang yeah, out with you today. a couple today. weeks we'll be back together. I'm surprised we had no squash bug calls, yes. but that will come, I'm we'll sure, cover within that the next, next week, week or two. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thanks for being with us today. We've enjoyed your calls, and hopefully we've uh, helped you out. And, of course, we're back again next week. So if you didn't get your call in, KSL Talk, remember that number. You can text us at 57500, and Maria will be back next week to help you out. with. And Ton, of course, will be here to help answer your questions. Thanks for being with us today on the KSL Greenhouse Show. We'll see you next time. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.